Chapter Eleven of The Friendly Terrace Quartet or Peggy Raymond at the Poplars by Harriet Lemmis Smith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eleven Lending a Hand. It was Peggy's first experience in haying, and for all it was hard work, she found it enjoyable too. She had discovered that there was a knack in pitching a big forkful of the fragrant, rustling stuff upon the load and necessary as strength was skilled counted as much the sweetness of the perfumed air the swarms of yellow butterflies in attendance the soft incessant hum of myriad insects all lent a certain poetic charm to a task prosaic enough in itself it must be admitted that the aforementioned poetry was much more marked in the dewy freshness of eight o'clock than when the sun had risen higher in the heavens as noon drew near Peggy found herself looking forward to the rest hours with an expectancy she did not often feel. Her back was aching, and her arms felt as if metal bands were clamped about them, while the perspiration trickled over her hot cheeks without cooling them perceptibly. At last came the welcome signal. The horses were unhitched from the hay-wagon and taken into the barn for their midday meal, while the girls mopped their damp faces, stretched themselves luxuriously, and looked about to choose an attractive spot for eating their luncheon peggy had fixed her eyes on a spreading elm-tree casting a circle of shade that looked fairly purple against the vivid green of the sun-lighted grass beyond and in the company with marion keith was walking toward the appealing spot when a passing automobile halted unexpectedly and a girl alighting approached the barbed wire fence naturally enough all eyes turned in her direction peggy looking with the others came to a sudden stop the sport suit and the jaunty little hat pulled down over her eyes failed to prove a disguise for at once peggy recognized the girl who had discovered the word slacker growing up greenly in the beechwood gardens her recognition of peggy was almost a matter of course since peggy was wearing practically the same costume as on the night of the entertainment across the stubble of the hayfield the eyes of the two met and the stranger smiled and beckoned peggy obeyed the summons with a rather obvious unwillingness Ever since Saturday she had been doing her best to forget the disagreeable occurrence, which had almost spoiled her satisfaction, in the success of the enterprise she had had so much at heart. The sight of the pretty girl in the sport suit brought it all back, and she felt herself blushing under her sunburn and tan as she went forward to meet her. Fortunately, however, the other girl did not seem to notice the reluctance of her approach. "'Isn't this luck?' she exclaimed joyously. "'I was just hoping one of them would turn out to be you.' the cordiality of this greeting took peggy aback she tried to atone for her previous hesitation by a very friendly smile i'd like to have a talk with you the other girl went on i don't see any of the others around when can i see you i'm not exactly sure replied peggy with a turn of her previous misgivings you see i'm working till five o'clock oh yes how would it do for me to come for you and drive you home we can talk on the way peggy said it would do very well her instinctive wish to be agreeable enabled her to speak with a conviction she was far from feeling. Five o'clock,' the girl repeated, "'well, I'll be here promptly.' "'Please,' said Peggy, "'for if you're not, I shall have to go in the bus, for fear something has happened to keep you from coming, you know. After pitching hay all day, I'd hate to walk home.' "'Sure thing,' Peggy's new friend agreed. "'Do you know you look perfectly darling today? Your face is as red as an apple and under that big hat, quite too cunning for anything. By the way, what's your name?' Peggy gave the desired information. "'Mine's Isabel Ewing,' said the other. "'So that we can start fair this afternoon, let's agree right now to cut out all formality and call each other by our first names.' 
then you'll have to call me peggy all my friends do i'd adore that said miss isabel ewing and peggy's exactly the name for you a sort of huggable name don't you know well see you later peggy at five o'clock said peggy and went off to the shade of the elm tree and luncheon with a feeling that the forthcoming interview was not to be so formidable after all some minutes before five a little roadster came in sight and halted at the entrance to the drive peggy looked in its direction and a flutter of a hand assured her of the arrival of her charioteer at five o'clock when the other girls hurried to the bus peggy made her way down to the road where isabel awaited her she wore still another frock and her bare hands flashed with rings so you can drive a car yourself exclaimed peggy climbing in rather stiffly for the new work had left her lame and tired how clever of you i've been trying to learn to drive the bus this summer but i'm afraid i haven't made much progress oh yes i'm a fairly good driver isabel returned they say reckless but don't worry i'm not going to spill you she shifted her gears and then added i'm going to drive rather slowly for i want to talk about the other night yes said peggy her heart sinking well we had quite an exciting time after you folks had gone bobby was furious his mother couldn't make out from his talk what had happened but he let something drop so she knew i was mixed up in it and she came to me to find out i had great fun explaining oh dear peggy sighed with ready sympathy i can imagine how you must have felt isabel shot an amused glance in her direction no i mean it she said it was fun mrs fitzmorris thinks it's a perfectly awful thing for her to be inconvenienced the least little bit by anything like a war she's always saying that she can't see what the government's about if anything interferes with her doing exactly as usual but i'm sure insisted peggy she was very kind to go to such trouble oh she's ready for anything that gives her a chance for a splurge she had a house party and she had to provide entertainment for us and that was something new and she didn't care whether it was for the red cross or to equip an expedition to the north pole peggy was silent finding it hard to appear responsive while listening to isabel's frank criticism of her hostess and apparently without realizing the other girl's silent disapproval isabel rattled blithely on it really was funny to see her when i told her about that word slacker in the flower-bed at first she said i must be mistaken and when i had explained to her that we'd all seen it bobby and all she couldn't imagine how it came there but at last the explanation occurred to her oh did it said peggy faintly yes it seems that they used to have a maid that was a rather impertinent piece she had a brother with the canadian forces mrs fitzmorris said and she left to go into a munition factory or something mrs fitzmorris is sure she must have done it peggy remembered the girl who had talked with alice and herself that day at beechwood no she said with quiet positiveness she had nothing to do with it the car lurched as isabel wheeled around to look at her nothing to do with it then you know yes i know it couldn't have been you isabel declared eyeing her with interest it's not a bit your style i'm not going to say who it was but i can tell you who it wasn't and that girl ellen goss her name was didn't know a thing about it well she might as well take the blame for they had a falling out before she left and there's no chance that she'll ever come back and i'm sure i shouldn't like her any the less for having enough pep to tell us the truth it isn't only bobby you know it's all of us you mean slackers said isabel promptly every last one of us i don't mean all the people with money you understand why i know girls whose fathers are worth millions who have just given up everything for war work but this particular crowd i belong to only cares for a gay time the war makes things a little more exciting don't you know but we don't take it seriously 
i'm sure you're not fair to yourself peggy exclaimed she could not imagine a girl's realizing such defects and making no effort to change oh i'm fair enough said isabel slackers that's what we are i suppose if our brothers and cousins go across and are killed we'll change more or less but i'm not sure don't you know when people have lived for themselves ever since they can remember it's hard to start in all at once and think about your country and humanity and all that sort of thing sometimes we play we do for a little but we get tired of it after a bit and want a new game the girlish voice had grown bitter the smile that flashed at peggy was cynical and disillusioned why don't you join the land army asked the downright peggy i considered that very thing the other night but think my dear how bad it must be for the complexion the red cross can keep you busy that would be fun for a few days then some morning i wouldn't feel like getting up and i'd sleep till noon and in the afternoon go to the matinee i couldn't trust myself to stick make up your mind that you will isabel laughed peggy wondered whether in this mood she looked older than she really was or whether it was her girlish look that was misleading you've been doing that all your life she said making up your mind to do a thing and doing it one can see that by looking at you and all my life i've been making up my mind to do things and then not doing them and now i can't be different you can peggy exclaimed indignantly of course you can they were in sight of the poplars now the roadster had left the bus far behind isabel looked at peggy with a rather wistful smile how much you believe in she said and that's what makes you so dear when i saw you on saturday night i wished i could have a friend like you i did really well cried peggy you've got your wish you've got me no i haven't isabel turned into the drive with reckless speed you think you like me because i've been putting on a lot i don't really mean if you knew how frivolous and vain and selfish and superficial i really am that's only one you interrupted peggy and the one i like is the girl who has been talking to me all the way home isabel smiled faintly oh i see a case of dual identity there are always at least two of us aren't there said peggy and all we need is to give a boost to the right one the car was stopping at the door and she turned and put out her hand there was a yearning pity in her heart for the girl who could dissect her own weaknesses so mercilessly and yet seemed to lack the determination to correct them something of her feeling must have been visible in her eyes for isabel ignored the extended hand and leaning forward kissed her impulsively peggy alighting turned with an uneasy sense that here was still something for her to do but the roadster described a dizzy circle and sped down the drive to the road though peggy stood gazing till it was out of sight she could not see that the driver once turned to look back mina had done k p duty that day and peggy's early return gave the two a chance for a few words before the arrival of the others do you think you'd better try it to-night asked mina who was very pale i don't see why to-night isn't the best time there ever will be well just as you say but if it doesn't work but it is going to work insisted peggy you mustn't let yourself think of anything else and then at the sound of voices she smiled encouragingly at the troubled girl and went to make her toilet for dinner as the night was warm the after-dinner gathering was on the porch peggy waited to be sure that every girl was present someone asked priscilla to play and when she had complied marianne suggested another favorite but before she could accede to the request peggy rose briskly to her feet just a minute she said informally before priscilla plays again i have a very important announcement to make i've just been bursting to tell you for days and days but it seemed best to wait till the entertainment was over 
this opening was of a sort to ensure the close attention of every one present peggy made a tantalizing pause smiled across the circle of interested faces and continued she had every appearance of making an off-hand speech but in reality every word had been carefully chosen i suppose you have all heard continued peggy impressively of the noted concert singer mina eichenberger she was the one who toured with the violinist mariani you remember there was a little upward tilt to her voice as she finished and she looked around interrogatively there is a weakness in human nature which makes most people reluctant to acknowledge ignorance when their information on any subject has been assumed and peggy was counting on this characteristic a number of the girls tried to look as if they distinctly remembered mina eichenberger we've been honored without knowing it continued peggy fairly beaming on her absorbed listeners in having mina eichenberger one of our number when america went into war she felt that she just had to do something for her country or or bust i don't suppose any of the rest of us have ever been famous enough so that we were inconvenienced by having people recognize us but she was afraid it might interfere with her serving her country if she enlisted in the army under her own name and so she took another that nobody had ever heard of a little buzz of whispering began to be heard eyes were turning to the corner where mina sat her face extremely flushed for a public character accustomed to being the centre of attention of course you understand now exclaimed peggy why she didn't want to take the leading part in our entertainment and why that smart clarion reporter said she sang like a professional she wants all of us to know who she is and yet keep her secret so her work won't be interfered with with us she'll be mina and to everyone else edith brinton peggy sat down as well satisfied with herself as she had ever been in all her life for her audacious scheme had been entirely successful the girls were crowding around the flushing mina exclaiming and asking questions and mina discovering that the revelation of her german name had not awakened a ripple of suspicion as far as she could see pulled herself together and attempted to live up to the role peggy had assigned her peggy's conscience did not trouble her because of her undeniable exaggeration of mina's claims to distinction as this seemed to her a necessary precaution against exaggeration in the other direction there was a spark of mischief in her eyes as she watched the congratulatory group around mina each one carefully concealing the fact that she had never heard of this distinguished singer till that evening seems to me suggested priscilla when the excitement had partially subsided that as long as we've discovered our prima donna right in our midst we ought to have some singing mina was rather touchingly eager to comply she sang for the rest of the evening sometimes alone sometimes with priscilla accompanying her on the violin once she borrowed a guitar from a girl who owned one of these romantic instruments and played her own accompaniment to some crooning lullabies and when at the close of the impromptu concert she sang a tender little love song her eyes met peggy's and delight in their depths revealed the gratitude filling her heart i suppose we'll be telling our grandchildren about this some day laughed one girl as they went upstairs to bed how the famous mina eichenberger did farm work with us one summer and entertained us by singing to us in the evenings she whirled about suddenly peggy raymond how long have you known i've known for some time replied peggy demurely and i suspected quite a while before i knew she was just ready for bed when amy joined her i always knew you were smart peggy she whispered in one ear but i never knew how smart till this evening and when the lights were out they were still sitting on the edge of peggy's cot helpless with laughter End of chapter 11